It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. All right. So here we go. Kind of a slow-ish time if there is ever anyone Slow time for the Washington Redskins and in the NFL week or so after the Super Bowl. But let's get you caught up to date on all the news and the headlines as we try and bring you. And then we will go in focus and inside the numbers on Kyler Murray. We're going to start a new series in addition to our skin spotlight to get us through these dead times of Uh, looking at and crunching all the numbers that we can on big-time draft prospects. Then we're going to roll out some free agents when we get closer to free agency. Uh, So we'll start with Kyler Murray, who, of course, is the apple of everybody's eye uh, in terms of an inside-the-numbers approach to what Kyler Murray did at Oklahoma and what he might bring to the NFL. That's coming up later in today's episode uh, as well. We will also do our normal skin spotlight with Ryan Anderson, Redskins outside linebacker and second-round pick. And the reason why we're going to do that today is because he might be the starting outside linebacker and probably will be, quite honestly, at the edge right position, paired with Ryan Kerrigan on the other side, traditionally on the left, for the Washington Redskins in 2019 moving forward. That's because Preston Smith is a free agent, an unrestricted free agent after four years of the former second-round pick at a Mississippi State drafted by Scott McLuhan and the Redskins in 2015. Now, he had a pretty good year uh, overall, although the sack number certainly not what you would want them to be, and clearly that is going to hurt him in a lot of people's eyes, fans, media, teams, because one thing we know about Preston Smith is – He is inconsistent in terms of his production, his motor, his effort, his intensity. When he's on, he's on, and he's really hard to block. And it's not easy to do what he does, and I get it, but that has been the knock from coaches, Jay Gruden, Joe Barry, uh, Greg Minuski, I believe even, um, and other coaches and players Uh, that have been on the Washington Redskins that see the kind of talent Preston Smith has, and maybe he hasn't, well, it's fair to say he hasn't quite reached that fulfillment in terms of potential and talent overall. I think he's been a pretty good player. I don't think he's been a really good player or a great player or a very good player for the Redskins. I would describe him, this is unofficial, scientific, Pretty good. Now, the reason why we bring him up is because, again, he's a free agent. And according to my pal John Kime of ESPN, there have been no meaningful talks between the Redskins and Preston Smith in terms of doing perhaps a extension uh, or, you know, before his deal officially expires or just a new deal, essentially. Uh, And I'm sure Preston Smith wants to test the market and see what he's worth. And I'm sure as an edge talent who got better at stopping the run 
and who uh, does have some athleticism and some strength and all of that good stuff, I'm sure that he wants to kind of test the market and see where he's at as well. Uh, but to me, the most interesting part of this is when the Redskins have not engaged in any kind of meaningful attempt to bring somebody back at this point, it does not mean that they don't want to bring that person back at all. But if they did, if they really did, I think it would have started already. Hence, the Adrian Peterson discussions. Now, that's assuming that Adrian Peterson and all other reports are telling the truth, which I have no reason to believe that they are not. Again, if the Redskins wanted to bring back Preston Smith as a top priority, I believe negotiations or some sort of discussions would have happened already. That doesn't mean that they won't, but I believe that they probably would have at some point and that you wouldn't have been reading that report from Kime about no meaningful talks. Again, I could be reading that wrong, but that's just what my sense is. And the reason for that, again, is probably because the Redskins are not going to want to pay Preston Smith what the open market can pay, number one. Number two, they have now developed Ryan Anderson, a former second-round pick just two years ago, number, I want to say, 53 overall in 2000, uh, sorry, number 49 overall in 2017 out of Alabama as a guy to potentially replace Preston Smith. The Redskins also have Pernell McPhee, who at times, and it was very limited times, contributed uh, at the edge position, certainly a veteran leader. And they, of course, have the opportunity in the upcoming draft with nine scheduled picks to draft somebody to develop, to bring along in case Ryan Anderson falls short. And again, we'll profile him in the skin spotlight. I think you'll be interested to hear uh, what profootballfocus.com uh, thinks about Ryan Anderson, in case you weren't aware. Uh, and as well, uh, again, they could develop somebody uh, in the edge pass rushing position just from the standpoint of eventually Ryan Kerrigan is going to need a replacement. Eventually, Ryan Kerrigan is not going to be a double-digit sack per year guy. So it's a very interesting situation that the Redskins find themselves in. They probably feel they have a little bit more leverage and can play a little more hardball with Preston Smith. I do get that because of the commitments that they have elsewhere and because of what they did with Anderson to develop him. And that's the natural kind of chain of events. I do understand it. Um, I thought all along that Preston Smith would not come back. I thought it was important to try and bring him back. And I understand that most people would disagree with that because they're just going to look at his pure sack numbers. But I think Preston definitely improved anchoring and holding and sealing the edge against the run at times. I think he's adequate at best in terms of pass coverage. But I think Preston Smith is a guy that had a better year than the pure raw numbers would certainly suggest. And I think the Redskins are ultimately going to miss him more than they think. And again, part of that is unless Ryan Anderson takes another huge step forward, and that is possible because he did take one from year one to year two, but it was in a very limited scope. Unless Ryan Anderson takes a monstrous step forward, they are going to be hurting on the other side of Ryan Kerrigan, whatever side that turns out ultimately to be. All right, so again, Ryan Anderson in the skin spotlight, no meaningful contract talks as of right now. 
per John Kahn of ESPN with Preston Smith. Now, a couple of other things that we wanted to get to in the news and headlines here on episode number 173 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. And again, thanks for being with us. I am Chris Russell. You can follow me at WrestleMania621, also at Locked Redskins on Twitter. And don't forget at Locked on NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram for all of our correspondence coverage, our local experts and hosts. Uh, on every team in the National Football League at Locked On NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram. We mentioned in episode number 172, which you can listen to, it is, of course, up uh, wherever you download the Locked On Redskins podcast, Spotify, Player FM, Megaphone, uh, and as well, of course, iTunes, uh, and wherever you get this podcast. Episode number 172 was about the Redskins hiring Tim Rattay. It was also about Adrian Peterson, his situation, and Darius Geis running full blast at Redskins Park. Now, um, we, we talked about that again at length. Certainly looked good, looked favorable, looked optimistic. We know what happened to him in New England. First preseason game, torn ACL. They didn't think it was torn at first. It turned out to be torn. And then he had multiple infections uh, or multiple procedures, I should say, to clear up infections a la Alex Smith, but not as bad, of course, as Alex Smith, uh, just the sheer nature of the injury. So... What we have here is a situation where we might want to pump the brakes. Dr. David Chow, a longtime NFL sideline physician with a couple of different organizations, most notably the former San Diego Padres, and who does real-time medical analysis uh, on Twitter and for the San Diego Union-Tribune and SiriusXM and various other outlets, and has always been very good to me uh, and has always been helpful to me in, in interpreting you know, again, injuries without him being able to physically examine the patients and the players. Dr. David Chow at Pro Football Doc um, wrote a column in the San Diego Union Tribune about Darius Geis and what he saw again on video that Darius Geis posted. And we put that video uh, at Locked Redskins. I'm sure people have seen it uh, and we'll probably try and do it again. But Dr. David Chow said, you know, look, Darius Geis is making progress. There is no doubt about that. But remember, he has a long road back because of those additional surgeries. And what he, what Dr. David Chow wrote in the San Diego Union Tribune is, quote, he seems to be progressing nicely, but he is nowhere near close to playing football yet. Dr. Chow also uh, mentioned, quote, by video, I can clearly notice he favors his left knee. Chow says, I did not remember which ACL he tore. I did not need to. It is evident in the video. He also went on to say that Darius Geis, again, is quote-unquote not close to being ready to fully cut, end quote. Now, this might be alarming to you. This might be concerning to you. And maybe I would certainly understand that, and I get it, But I would also say it's February 11th or February 12th, depending on when you're listening to this, you get my point. It's mid-February. The Redskins don't have to play in a football game, even of the preseason variety, until early August, say August 8th, 9th, 10th, wherever. So, and I would assume that Darius Guy's probably not going to play in those early games. Now, they do have OTAs. They do have mini camp. They do have training camp, which, of course, starts in late July. 
I would assume Darius Geis is going to be a limited participant in training camp. I don't know if he's going to participate in OTAs. Maybe he'll be out there in some individuals, that type of thing. I would probably be surprised to see him going full bore in uh, at Redskins Park in when, when the Redskins can actually get out on the field for full team OTAs in mid-May, roughly, thereabouts. I would be surprised by that. Um, so to me, I wouldn't push the panic button on this, but Dr. Chow, and he's correct, is saying, hey, you know what? Darius guys is making progress. There is no doubt about that. And he talks about that in the column, again, in the San Diego Union Tribune, and you can get it uh, at Pro Football Doc uh, on Twitter, at Pro Football Doc. He talks about him making progress, but he's not ready to play football yet. Again, there's a difference between running straight line and cutting and juking and uh, jump cuts, which we saw Adrian Peterson do. That's why signing Adrian Peterson back is such a high priority because the Redskins know that Darius Geis is going to be iffy to take on a full load early on in training camp, certainly for the preseason, and really early on in the regular season. Now, what happens in November and December? We'll have to see how he responds. But that's why Adrian Peterson is such a priority for both the Redskins and, of course, Adrian Peterson wants to come back. So I just wanted to pass along that. When we return here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 173, Steve Spurrier, the former Redskins head coach had an interesting thing to say. Plus, we'll update a couple of Alliance of American Football ex-Redskins with some notable performances as well. A former Redskin has a new job, and we will update that as well. Plus, some inside the numbers on Kyler Murray. Sure, we're going to have to do that in two parts probably uh, because of all the content that we have, so we'll split it up. But Kyler Murray will start the Inside the Numbers series on Kyler Murray, who is the apple of everyone's eye, at least at the quarterback position, assuming that he's in the NFL draft. That's next on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you aboard. Hey, guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right, everybody, it is the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 173. I am Chris Russell, so let's get to it because we've got huge breaking news and as well, uh, Steve Spurrier, the former Redskins head coach and is now with the Orlando franchise in the Alliance of American Football. You may have seen this over the weekend on CBS or on the internet and all sorts of different clips. He won his sixth consecutive opener as the head coach of a new team. 
and he cracked to the media, quote, even one with the Redskins, that's not easy to do. Ooh, a shot across the way at the Washington Redskins. He said, and, you know, I don't think this was this weekend, but in a recent profile, he said uh, that he was, you know, it was the wrong decision that he made, uh, that he was offered the most money instead of the best situation as to why he went to the Redskins and why he left uh, and chose to go to the NFL, and of course it didn't work out. Now, you might remember the preseason opener in 2002 uh, in Osaka where the Redskins uh, loaded up and certainly put a ton of points on the board. Overall, Steve Spurrier in his two years as head coach of the Washington Redskins, 12 and 20. Of course, that led to Joe Gibbs coming back for a second time, and uh, Spurrier basically mailed it in from the golf course. So there you have that. Now, uh, we're going to have to save the Alliance of American Football updates from some former Redskins, which we will get to in the next episode, episode number 174, as well some updates on former Redskins uh, doing coaching things, um, including a pal of mine that I, I, I loved covering um, with a new position in the NFL. We told you about some of that uh, late last week, uh, and as well a former Redskin assistant from last year landing officially a new job. But we have to get into this right here and right now because it is now official. Heisman Trophy winner Kyler Murray has made his decision Monday afternoon. He put out a letter uh, or you know, on, on social media uh, saying uh, on his official Twitter account, at the Kyler Murray, at the Kyler Murray, uh, and here's what it says, quote, moving forward, I am firmly and fully committing my life and time to becoming an NFL quarterback. Football has been my love and passion my entire life. I was raised to play QB, and I very much look forward to dedicating 100% of myself to being the best QB possible and winning NFL championships. I have started an extensive training program to further prepare myself for upcoming NFL workouts and interviews. I eagerly await the opportunity to continue to prove to NFL decision makers that I am the franchise QB in this draft. That is some pretty heady, strong <laughs> words from Kyler Murray. Yes, he's the Heisman Trophy winner. Yes, he had some monster numbers. Yes, he was a first-round pick of the Oakland Athletics, but wow, that is uh, a pretty confident, bold young man for sure. Make no mistake about that uh, on his words. So let's get to it now that we know that Kyler Murray is officially entering the NFL draft and everyone in the NFL world is going to be salivating over what Kyler Murray can bring. So let's give you first part of our Inside the Numbers uh, series here on Kyler Murray because I jotted a bunch of this down, but it's so much that we're not going to be able to get to it all uh, in this episode. So we'll have the rest of it on episode number 174, and then I'm going to break down a bunch of tape uh, and, and tell you what I see from my perspective on Kyler Murray uh, on video throughout the rest of the week and other episodes later on this week. So Kyler Murray in 2018, the Heisman Trophy winner at Oklahoma, passed for 4,361 passes passing yards and 11.6 yards per attempt average. He had a 6.0 touchdown to interception percentage ratio and 11.1 touchdown percentage, a 1.9 interception percentage. He completed 
69% of his passes and had 1,001 rushing yards, a 7.2 yards per rushing attempt average, 12 rushing touchdowns, and an 8.6 touchdown percentage as a runner. In his career at Oklahoma and, of course, before that at Texas Tech, uh, Kyler Murray had 5,000 Uh, not Texas Tech, Texas A&M, 5,406 passing yards, a 10.4 yards per attempt average, a 3.6 touchdown to interception ratio, a 9.6 touchdown percentage, a 2.7 interception percentage, and a career completion rate of 67% against Power 5 schools. And all of these numbers are via rotoworld.com and Hayden Winks. Again, Power 5 schools, 4,492 passing yards, a 10.6 yards per attempt average, a 3.5 touchdown to interception ratio, a 9.2% touchdown percentage, a 2.6 interception percentage, 67% completion percentage. Against that's Again, that's against Power 5 teams. In his career at home, in home games, for whatever this is worth, Kyler Murray, who again officially declared for the draft 3,000, 26 passing yards, a 10.3 yards per attempt average, a 3.1 touchdown to interception ratio, a 9.6 touchdown percentage, a 3.1 interception percentage, and a 68% completion rate. Now, his career on the road, a much more limited size sample, uh, and but this is interesting. Right, 1,340 career road passing yards so far as a college quarterback. 11.2 in yards per attempt. A 4.3 touchdown to interception ratio. A 10.8 touchdown percentage. A 2.5 interception percentage. And a 69% completion rate. So again, a smaller sample size, but he's higher in the yards per attempt. And he's higher in the touchdown-to-interception ratio and therefore the touchdown percentage and also slightly lower in the interception percentage and also higher in terms of completion rate just by one on the road, again, in a smaller sample size than as a home quarterback. Those stats via rotoworld.com and Hayden Winks. We're going to have to do part two of Inside the Numbers with Kyler Murray, who again has now fully declared for the NFL draft. He announced that on Twitter uh, as of Monday afternoon, February the 11th. Again, we read you the statement that he posted on his official Twitter account. He says he is fully committed to being an NFL quarterback and, quote, he uh, eagerly awaits the opportunity to continue to prove to continue to prove to NFL decision makers that I am the franchise QB in this draft, end quote. So very interesting words and a very confident and bold statement from Kyler Murray. So more inside the numbers tomorrow on Kyler Murray. We still have a bunch to get to. Hope you enjoyed some of that. Coming up next, we'll wrap up the show with the Skins Spotlight. We'll put Ryan Kerrigan, Ryan Anderson, not Ryan Kerrigan, Ryan Anderson, the now third-year linebacker from Alabama, under the Skins Spotlight to wrap things up here on episode number 173 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you aboard. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We welcome you back here on the Locked On Redskins Podcast. Once again, it is episode number 173. So we've had the breaking news on Kyler Murray. Inside the numbers, part one on Kyler Murray's career exploits as a college quarterback and what you certainly can expect uh, at least a lot of the buzz to be about and why he's probably going to go in the top 10 now of the NFL draft, if not even in the top five. We'll have to see how that shakes out as well. We told you about Preston Smith and Darius Geis earlier in this episode, a lot of content. So let's finish it up with Ryan Anderson in the skin spotlight, because again, he's now poised with the Redskins having no meaningful talks with Preston Smith to replace Smith as the starting edge or outside linebacker opposite of Ryan Kerrigan. So Ryan Anderson, according to ProFootballFocus.com's premium subscription and statistical package, the second highest, second highest cumulative defensive grade out of any one particular player. Zach Brown was the only one higher, second highest. Now, of course, he played less snaps than many others, so you have to take that in, but an 86.8 out of 100.0 overall grade, an 83.8 in run defense, an 80.3 tackling, a 57.9 pass rush. That should send all sorts of... um, I guess, alarm bells off in your mind, and an 88.8 in terms of coverage, which put him number one, but there's a caveat to that, which we'll get to. So again, Ryan Anderson, the second round pick from two years ago, uh, number 49 overall out of Alabama, 6'2", 253, the second highest individual grade, cumulative grade out of any Redskin defender in 2018. Now, he missed three games. The home game and disaster against the Giants at Jacksonville, a win, and the season finale home for Philadelphia. So two bad losses in that. Ryan Anderson played 164 total snaps, 62 run defense, 91 uh, pass rush, and 11 in coverage. He had 11 total pressures, one quarterback hit, eight hurries. He was officially credited as having one and a half sacks, according to NFL GSIS. Pro Football Focus counts half sacks as two, so they have him listed as two sacks, 12 total tackles, nine solo, two missed tackles. Ryan Anderson had seven stops, and how Pro Football Focus defines that is, quote, a loss for the offense, meaning a loss of yardage or a play that results in a loss. Um, In terms of pass coverage, now, here's why he graded out so high. He was only targeted, according to ProFootballFocus.com and their premium stats package, one time. Zero for one, no yards, no yards after the catch, a 39.6 NFL quarterback rating. In his career, um, and in his rookie year, Anderson was a 58.9 overall, so a significant jump, a 63.7 in terms of run defense, a 72.5 tackling, a 50.0 even uh, against the pass rush. So again, the pass rush number in terms of grades, 50.0 in his rookie year, 
and in last year where he started to come along, certainly, and maybe he would have gotten better if he would have been able to stay healthy down the stretch, who knows, and more opportunities, his pass rush uh, overall grade, just a 57.9. That's not positive. That's not huge. That's not good unless he makes a meteoric uh, type jump. So that's Ryan Anderson in the skin spotlight. Certainly it's going to be an interesting, interesting development and story to watch, not only for Preston Smith, where he winds up if somehow he doesn't get the market that he was looking for. Also, presumably the Redskins would not go out and sign a free agent or at least a big time free agent as an edge pass rusher to replace Preston Smith, but you never know on that front as well. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us here on the Locked on Redskins podcast episode number 173. We'll have a full episode coming up for you. In 174, we'll talk about Nick Foles and the stupid Bovada and, and Vegas odds. We'll talk about the first round order, why the Redskins wound up at number 15 overall. As well, we'll have more on Kyler Murray inside the numbers and whatever else comes up in Redskins land. Thanks for being with us. Good to have you aboard with us right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Make sure you go at Locked Redskins at Locked Redskins for Redskins only information as well at Locked on NFL Net for all sorts of team information from all of our local hosts and experts all across the NFL and as well my individual Twitter at Russellmania621. Thanks for downloading us. Thanks for listening. Adios. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.